Hello and welcome to Generation Church of Independence, Kentucky with our pastor, David Mills. Like and follow us on Facebook at Generations Church where we live stream every Sunday morning. Now join in with us as we share in God's Word and we hope you enjoy. Well, uh, welcome to get again to Generations. I know it probably sounds very pastorly thing to say, but I get to do this twice every day or every Sunday, worship and sing together. I, today has just been, I mean, just anticipation and expectancy and both service, and it's just been, it's just been good to be, and I get to do it twice every Sunday, and I, I could be dishonest and say if I didn't like it and love it, but I do. I love getting to experience because the Spirit of Christ shows up different sometimes in both services, but he always shows up. And uh, man, it's good to be here. It's good to be here with you. And today's just been uh, really good. We're wrapping up our series of staying in love. Uh, we, we've talked about this series that uh, it, it's, it's pointed to relationships, but there, it, it goes way beyond just our, our significant other type of relationships. It's for all of our relationships, whether you're married whether you're in a serious relationship, uh, whether it's just with your family relationships, your friendships, your neighbors, your coworkers, um, of this idea that it's easy to fall in love, but it's a lot more difficult to stay in love. And is it even possible to stay in love? And if you remember the first week, we talked about uh, to be able to stay in love, to be able to invest in our relationships and enable for our relationships to grow, all of our relationships, love has to be a verb, that it is not just uh, off to the side, and it's just a word that we, we kind of cheapen today, but love is action, that it is a verb that, that flesh and muscle and bones, and love requires us to move, to be, to do, uh, to, to have skin in the game. We've also talked about mutual submission, that both parties in a relationship, have to want to make it work. And that means at some point in our relationships, or always in our relationship, there has to be mutual submission. There can't be one that is fighting like crazy for the relationship to work, and the other one not fighting like crazy, and not giving up some of their rights, and not uh, giving, uh, being selfish in their relationship. But both parties have to be mutually submitted for a relationship to work. This week, uh, I may, maybe it's just me, but this week has probably hit harder than any other week for myself. And so I would say maybe buckle up a little bit because I think this week can really, if we allow it, transform and change not only our intimate relationships that we have, but also um, people that we don't even know yet, the strangers that we meet, the people that, uh, that we have not even uh, come to meet just on a daily basis that just have daily interactions with. I think it can change. Uh, the way that we view relationships. And the thought is this this morning. Staying in love requires that we believe the best. That we believe the best. Whether you know it or not, you and I make a choice every day that directly affects all of our relationships. It's probably a choice that you're not conscious of. But after today, hopefully you will be conscious of this decision that you make, that I make every day. 
And we live in a society, we live in a culture, it's kind of the new normal of what, really every day, but this week, what is going to be the viral video this week that is posted on Facebook or Twitter? What's going to be the viral one that everybody's talking about? And I didn't see it in person, but I started seeing news articles about it. I started uh, reading articles about it, and um, this week was no different. Whether she wanted it or not, because she was not the one actually taking the video, whether she wanted it or not, Kathy Rodriguez went viral with this video this past week. Take a look. Well, we are in Yakima. We have seen it all. I guess no one's heard of a broom before. I don't know if you heard what the, video, the person taking the video said, just a bystander, no one related to her. Well, we are in Yakima. I guess that's, I know it's Washington, but it means it's, that's, that's normal in Yakima. I don't know. We are in Yakima. We see it. We've seen it all. Guess no one's heard of a broom before. That's what the videographer said. And then he posted it, of course, and uh, it's what happens with videos. It's what happens with Facebook. It's everything wrong with Twitter. People just started like bombard. I mean, it just started becoming harsh. I mean, people will start to become rude and mean, suggesting this lady was probably on drugs. Uh, you know, just, I mean, really start reading the comments. It, it, it's, it would make you upset or angry or mad. Do you remember what I said at the beginning about all of us making a choice every day that we usually don't think about? Here's that choice that we're faced with every single day with the ones that we love the most and the ones that we don't know at all. When you meet someone for the first time, you're faced with a decision. It is this. Do you believe the best about people or do you assume the worst? And most of us fall into those two camps. We either believe the best or we assume the worst. Kathy Rodriguez found out that she became a viral sensation, a viral video, and she calmly posted on the social sites to say, yes, I am Kathy Rodriguez. I am the one sweeping the vacuum in the sidewalk. What you probably don't know is that the night before, someone ran into my car, and there was glass shattered all over the sidewalk, and my sidewalk has plenty of kids and plenty of animals that walk through my neighborhood every single day, and I didn't want a kid to get glass in his foot. I didn't want a dog to lick up and, and get glass and swallow glass. And so I was just trying to be a good neighbor and sweep up the glass so no one would get hurt. You either believe the best in people. You either assume the worst. Scripture reminds us of this. Of saying what is true love. What does it look like? And most of us, whether we've grown up in the church or not, we're familiar with this passage. But if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Or if you have your devices, just three verses of this idea of staying in love, being active, that love is a verb. Here we hear Paul's words. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud. Love is not rude. Man, could we use that today? It does not demand its own way. It's not 
irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It always is hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Believing the best, assuming the worst, each of us are faced with that decision every time we come in contact with people, whether they be close to us, whether we're meeting them for the first time. And for some of us, we read these words in 1 Corinthians 13, and it's hard for us to really believe this. Because you maybe have never been loved this way. That love always has conditions. The way that you've been loved, the way that you were brought up, or maybe you're in a, in a situation or relationship where love is always placed with conditions and you have never been loved the way that 1 Corinthians says, this is how love is supposed to look. This is how love is supposed to be lived out. This is love as a verb. You have never experienced that. And so you're really finding it hard to believe that Love really looks this way. And if we've never been loved this way, it's hard for us to love others that way. I mean, especially the part about love never giving up. That love never loses faith, that it's always hopeful and it endures through every circumstance because we've had people give up on us, people that we thought were in our corner. We've had people lose faith in us when they, we thought that they would be the last person that would lose faith in us. And we've lost hope. And we've gone through some really difficult times and people that, have, that we thought loved us, that part about enduring with us through every circumstance, they started to fade away. The one thing I've loved about this sermon series is that every time that we've spoken about falling in love and staying in love, we have looked at the example of Jesus. If you ever wonder what love should look like, if you ever wonder uh, where you should go or how you should live your life, the model for you is always Jesus. And it is no different today. Jesus shows us the way. When it comes to believing the best, assuming the worst, I mean, I, this, is, this is a great passage. It's powerful. And it teaches us what it looks like to believe the best in people. And it's not going to be on the screen because I want you to listen to it with attentive ears today. But it's in Luke chapter 7. A man by the name of Simon, not Simon Peter, not his follower, not his disciple, but a man by, by the name of Simon who was a Pharisee, starting really to question who this Jesus guy is. And he's a ruler, he's a leader of the law, and he decides to invite Jesus into his home. Because he's skeptical about this whole Jesus thing. And this is the story of that account. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. And when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. And her tears fell at his feet, and she wiped them with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, not out loud, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. 
Then Jesus, I love this, answered his thoughts and probably blew his mind. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, uh, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he'd canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't even offer to water, water to wash the dust off of my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and she, he, doesn't, he doesn't gloss over, he doesn't bypass them. He says, and I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who has forgiven little shows little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. And the men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And there is so much in this story about believing the best in people and assuming the worst. The first, let's, let's talk about assuming the worst. Let's look at the life of Simon, the Pharisee. He automatically was assuming the worst about this woman. He even says to Jesus, do you know, or doesn't say, like in his thoughts, do you know who is touching you? This immoral woman, I mean, everybody knew that she was living a sinful life. Jesus even points it out to her, and your sins are many. Do you even know who you're letting touch you? I mean, she shouldn't even be in the same proximity. She shouldn't even be in my house, and yet she is. Do you know who's touching you? Assuming the worst. And Simon was even assuming the worst about Jesus. It was customary, and Jesus points it out to Simon, it was customary that when Jesus would walk into a home, a visitor would say, here is water to wash your feet. And he says, Simon, you didn't even give me water to wash my feet. It was also customary when someone came to your home to greet them with a kiss, and we're so thankful that we do not have that custom anymore. But it was a custom to, to, to greet them with a kiss, and he said, you didn't, even, you didn't even greet me with a kiss, and you know that's what you usually do with visitors, and she hasn't even stopped kissing my feet since, she, since I walked into this place. And she's given me everything that she has, this expensive bottle of perfume. She has put it on my feet, and she's washing my feet with her hair and her tears, and you didn't even anoint my head with olive oil, which you know you do for every other visitor that you invite into this place. See, Simon was a Pharisee. He was a teacher, and, and he, he was a leader of the law, but I mean, he invited Jesus in, but instead of believing the best about Jesus, the one who would save him and could save him, he just automatically was assuming the worst. And we always look at Jesus. I mean, Jesus does believe the best, and we, we focus on that in this story, but God kind of brought some new light to me this week in this story as we talk about believing the best and assuming the worst. Believing the best, we never hardly look at the woman, but she believed the best in Jesus. She believed that Jesus could forgive her and love her in a way that she had never been loved before. She believed it. She believed that Jesus 
this person that she was hearing about that was walking through her city, that she believed, if he, if he can do that for all those other people, I believe that he can do it for me. And she gave all that she had to Jesus. And Jesus even said, she has shown me much love. Believing the best, Jesus forgives the woman and says, go in peace. Do we believe the best in people? Do we assume the worst? Unfortunately, when it comes to the ones that we love the most, most of the times we assume the worst because we know them the best. Uh, I read uh, Cliff Notes version of uh, this book by Marcus uh, Buckingham. It says, the one thing that you need to know, and this study uh, was particularly focused on couples who have been married for more than 10 years and seemed happy. I mean, we can all tell people we're happy, but... Uh, that can be deceptive sometimes, I think. I've been in this uh, long enough to know that uh, what people can say and what is actually happening. But they really did find people that had been married longer than 10 years and were happy and uh, loved being in love and staying in love. And so uh, this book and this survey and the, this uh, study points out some pretty fascinating facts that goes along with us believing in the best and assuming the worst. And just a couple bullet points, so you don't have to go out and read this book. If, if you want to, you can, but I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, which I'm very uh, comfortable with. I had plenty of Cliff Notes in high school. It got me through. He cites, sorry for all of you readers, he cites a study that found happy couples that had been together for more than 10 years. The assumption was this. Listen, the assumption was that they would find in happy couples the opposite of what they found in unhappy couples. Since past research showed that unhappy couples did not understand each other very well, the assumption was that in strong marriages, the spouses would have deep understanding of each other and realistic expectations. So they're saying, going into the study, this is what we thought we would discover. They discovered the opposite. They discovered that those who were still happy, that had been married for more than 10 years, had very unrealistic views of each other. In their study, husbands and wives rated their partners more positively in every quality than their partners rated themselves. They believed the best instead of assuming the worst about their partner. And they saw their spouses in a better light than their spouses saw in themselves. Now, we would probably assume the same thing that this author assumed, and we would be wrong. They believe the best about their partner. In every relationship, there are unexplainable gaps between what we expect our partners to do and what they actually do. And I told the first service, I thought there would be 500, there's not 500 people in here, but I thought there would be 500 amens after that statement. We live in that reality. In every relationship, there are unexplainable gaps between what we expect our partners to do and what they actually do. The study concluded that a husband or wife who assumes that his or her spouse possesses strengths that he or she doesn't even think they possess will have a strong marriage. Here was their advice. Find the most generous explanation for each other's behavior and believe it. Don't always assume the worst about your partner, but believe the best in them. 
Here's the kicker. Stay in, to, to stay in love, you must choose to believe the best. Man, it is not about feelings because feelings went away probably a long time ago because we have this gap of expectation that is never met. We're going back to love is a verb. And today, to stay in love, you must choose. Choose. It is a choice to believe the best about others that you have relationships with. How does that play out practically in your relationships? It means that we give the benefit of the doubt. That heaven forbid that we could possibly see what we think is their weakness as their strength just because they don't do it like we do it. Maybe we think that our people in our significant other relationship in our life or people that we're close to, and maybe we don't see them as impatient because that would show a sign of weakness. But maybe we just say, you know what? It seems like they're being impatient, but I'm going to believe the best. I I just know that person is pretty intense. Or maybe it's Maybe they're not being insensitive, but maybe they're just focused on, a, 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 on something so much that they're not trying to be insensitive, but because they're so focused on this situation, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they really didn't mean to treat me that way or to be insensitive. They're probably just focused on something else. I would like for you to listen with new ears again. Love always protects. This is a choice. This is what we choose to do if we want to stay in love, if we want to guard our relationships, if we want to grow in our relationships. Love guards integrity. Love always trusts. Love looks for a generous explanation. Love always hopes. Love errors on the positive. I love that. Love always perseveres. And love, listen, love is determined to see the good. Do you believe the best? Do you assume the worst? I can tell you, this week, me and the Lord have been doing some wrestling. That's the way I say it where I'm from in eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky, we wrestle. We've been wrestling. And the Lord has been shining a spotlight on my heart. And has been shining a spotlight to say, David, you've become pretty jaded. Most of the time, you're living over here instead of here. See, love chooses. You get a choice. I get a choice. And the choice that we are faced with every day in our relationship is do we believe the best or do we assume the worst? I read this this week, and I thought it was really good. When you believe the best, you give your partner or the people in your life room to take responsibility 
without disappointing you. Man, I can speak from experience. There were some, there were some rough years early on in our marriage. I remember having a conversation with Jody and us kind of hashing some things out. And we came to the decision that we were always living assuming the worst about the other and what their expectations were or how they treated us or how they responded instead of believing the best. And since then, do we always get it right? No, but we have made a conscious decision that if someone disappoints us, if there is a gap between the expectation of what we thought was going to happen, we are going to believe the best about our partner. Do we get it right? No. All the time? No. It sure does help out most of the time. When I can go back and say, you know what, I acted poorly, but it's because I assumed the worst about the situation instead of just believing the best, that you have the best in mind for our relationship. Our hearts are drawn towards acceptance. And when, you, when, when I know you believe the best, even when I mess up, guess what? I'm drawn to you. And this is the same in your relationships. When you believe in the people, even when they mess up, guess what? That draws them to you. Why do you think the woman was drawn to Jesus? Because she believed he would believe the best in her. He was healing people. He was saving people from their sins. And if he can do that for them, I'm going to believe that he can do that for me. I am drawn to this man because he chooses to love people that most people don't love. Jesus believes the best about you this morning. And some of you need to hear that because you've walked into this place wondering. Can I remind you that Jesus believes the best about you today? And that he wants to draw you close. And if Jesus believes the best about us and loves us and believes the best instead of assuming the worst about us, Jesus says, you should do the same for others because what I've done for you. So we go back to the original question in week one. Is it possible for two people to fall in love and stay in love? Is it possible for people to have, even when there's unmet expectations, whether it's in our marriage or in family relationships or friendships or neighbors or coworkers, is it possible to continue to grow in those relationships? The answer is yes. Because Jesus shows us the way. Why? Because Jesus' loves towards you is always yes. His answer to you is always yes. When it comes to love and choosing you and choosing to love you, his answer is always yes. He believes the best in you. And if we are going to love people the way that we want to be loved, we're going to have to accept that Jesus believes the best in us. And if we accept that, then that means we have to believe the best in others instead of always assuming the worst. May we love others. May we choose to love others the way that Christ has loved us. And not the way that Christ has loved us, but the way that Christ continues to love us. 
my favorite scripture in all of the Bible, that when the sun came up this morning, and it was beautiful this morning, the Bible says his mercies are new to you each and every day. So this love pursues us every day of our life. And God believes the best about us every single day of our life. But we have a choice. You and I have a choice. Are we going to continue to walk through life believing the best about people or assuming the worst? And just like Jesus drew people to him because of the way he loved people, guess what? You will do the same thing. You will either repel people or you will draw them to you. Let's believe the best instead of assuming the worst. Let's pray together. And God, we are so thankful for your word. We're glad that it's living and it's active. I can't speak for others, but it has been active in my life this week. You've shined a spotlight on my heart, and I have confessed to you And I want to be a person who believes the best in people. I want to be someone. I want to be a husband. I want to be a dad. I want to be a son. I want to be a pastor who chooses to love. And I know in a crowd this size that you're speaking to others, and I pray that we would make a conscious decision because we're probably not even knowing that we do make those decisions every day, but we would start to be more conscious about the decisions we make with the people that we come in contact with, with strangers and those who we love the most. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for pursuing us. Thank you for drawing us in. And may we be like the woman who washed your feet with her tears and with her perfume. You look at us today and say your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. Or better yet, go and love the way that you have been loved. Pray that you would help us. We'll give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for hanging with us. This has been a good series for me. I, I can't speak for you, but um, I want to love better. And uh, just one quick announcement before you go. Uh, this week, uh, we have a fundraiser. We have once, once a month, we try to find restaurants that uh, support, will support our food pantry. And they give a certain percentage. And so this week is the February fundraiser at Skyline Chili. Um, some of the Skyline, I've learned, you either love it or you hate it. And so there's not really in between like, oh, I, I can handle some Skyline. You either love it or hate it. And we have both in our family. But we're going to choose to go anyway. There's something for everyone there. Uh, to go on Tuesday night, it is dine-in, carry-out, drive-through. Just say, you don't even have to present this, say, Hey, I'm with the Generations Food Pantry, and 15% of your bill will go directly to the food pantry. And these are just great ways to support uh, our food pantry as we try to um, make a small dent in the, the food crisis here that is 
in our area. And so if you would do that for us, man, we'd really appreciate it. Even if you don't like Skyline, go order it and go give it to somebody that loves Skyline and uh, choose to love someone this week. May we go this week choosing to believe the best instead of assuming the worst. You're dismissed. God bless you. Have a great week. See you back next week.